because I need uh, something new every morning. I need new yeah. mercies every morning, and I'm glad he has it for us. I'm glad uh, that uh, his word still is true. Uh, I, I tell you what, I believe this Bible more than I believe anything. I, I have... Uh, I've seen, I've read a lot of things and I've not read anything like this. And uh, uh, it's the, the more time uh, continues, I feel like the more uh, we are seeing uh, the Bible being fulfilled as we live. Uh, and that's what's amazing about it. But Second Peter chapter 1, we'll start verse 1. Uh, Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ, grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, according as his divine power hath given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust and besides this giving all diligence add to your faith virtue and to virtue knowledge uh, and to knowledge temperance and to temperance patience and to patience godliness and to godliness brotherly kindness and to brotherly kindness charity and uh, for if these things be in you and abound they make you uh, they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Lord, we thank you for your word once again. Lord, thank you that you've uh, allowed us to come in. And Lord, I pray that you would uh, uh, empty me and Lord of, of myself. And Lord, that you'd fill me with the unction of the Holy Spirit. Uh, and Lord, that your word would come out. Uh, Lord, that you would help me to preach, but also help us to hear. Lord, and apply this to our lives. Lord, we love you. We thank you for all things. In Jesus' name we pray. And amen. So we see right off the bat that uh, he is definitely writing to the church. You know, there's no question, uh, you know, looking in verse 1, uh, to, uh, to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and of our Savior, Jesus Christ. That sounds like me. That sounds like you. Uh, those that are uh, saved by Jesus Christ, that faith is precious uh, I love how he describes that. That's what we put our faith in was Jesus Christ, his death on the cross for our sins and his resurrection. Uh, and so when uh, you call on Jesus's name for salvation, when you and I did that, uh, we received that precious faith and that it is precious. You think about it. Uh, but then verse three goes on. Uh, the moment you're saved, what's he say? According as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. The moment we're saved, that divine power changes us, doesn't it? That uh, It is not a change that can come from programs or anything else. That's a new creature in Christ that comes from him, comes from the Holy Spirit that he makes us uh, uh, all new again. And that divine power, I like the fact it doesn't just give us a few things that pertain to life and godliness, but the verse says it gives us all things that pertain to life and godliness, everything that we need. Uh, that means that uh, once we are saved, God has given us 
Uh, everything that we need to live for him. There's not, uh, you know, there are some groups that think that you, uh, you almost have to make it to levels. You get to a certain level, you unlock this secret and that secret, and that is not how God works. He is not making it to where, uh, you know, it's like a secret society or you've got the ones that are in the know and outside. They had Gnostics back then, and today we got all kinds of groups that feel like they've hit this pinnacle of knowledge and we're nowhere near that as Christians. But that's not true. God has given his word to all of us. And I believe that anyone who really wants to, that's saved, that really wants to know what God's word says, and they dig into it and ask the, the God for help, ask the Holy Spirit to teach them, ask the author and finisher to guide them, I believe that happens no matter what. I, uh, there's no, nothing's up for any private interpretation. Uh, it is us just digging in. A lot of times it's not the secret knowledge, it's the knowledge that's right there. It's right there. But he's given us everything that we need. A lot of times the devil wants us to think that we're lacking in all these things. Or, or maybe once we're saved, uh, he says all things that pertain unto life and godliness. See, uh, sometimes we think, well, uh, yes, he's made me a new creature, but I've got these, uh, uh, the, the way that I am, you know, a certain, uh, I've got a certain this or a certain that, whether it's a temper or, or whatever that I've got that just doesn't seem to go away. Uh, we're forgetting that he's given us everything to live a godly life too, to live for him. And this Bible has more power in its pages than even all the nuclear weapons on this earth. Because you think about it, if they fired all the nuclear weapons at the same time, yes, they would do a lot of devastation, but no devastation that would compare to what the Bible says, that this earth is reserved for judgment of fire, and it says even the elements will melt with a fervent heat. No nuclear weapon can melt the entire earth into nothing, but God can, and he will. And his word has more power than that. That's the divine power uh, that he's given to us. Look at verse 4. Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. I, I mention this verse all the time uh, in sermons. I quote it and everything because, you, you know, you think about the promises of God. They are great. They are precious. So we got a precious faith and then precious promises that help us to live out our life by faith. And there again, they are not hidden in God's word. A lot of them are right out in the open. And again, uh, they're right there. God gives us, uh, we've got a, a promise we'll hit later on in a passage, uh, but he has got them over and over again for us. And that's why I'm so glad that uh, I tell you what, I need his word for every day, but I need promises for every day. And some days I need different ones. You know, some days I, uh, when I'm feeling this way, I need that promise, but I'm glad he has it for us. I'm glad because there have been times where uh, logic says one thing, emotions say another thing, and then I have to get back to the the promises of God and say, well, this is the truth. Amen. That's what we have. Part of these precious promises are not just so we can feel good, but they're so we can live out our precious faith so we can be separate from this lust-filled, sin-corrupted world that wants to uh, uh, get us into their mindset, get us into their lifestyle, but we've got to be separate from the world. We can't be partakers of this world. We're partakers of the divine nature. Amen. We're to, we are to, uh, to grow, uh, in, uh, like it'll say later, grow in grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. But this world, uh, I feel like each and every day, it gets tougher to live godly and righteously in this world. But we've got to every day. 
But look what it says. This is one of the parts of the passage that really struck me because a lot of times I've quoted verse 4 and you kind of stop and sometimes when you stop you, you, you're you missing a good piece right after it. But it says right here uh, in verse 5, and beside this giving all diligence. And that diligence means a constant effort over and over again without delay but giving an attention to something steady you know diligent constant uh, all these words coming together and here's the thing he is talk he's about to talk about the way we live our christian life and he's saying we need to do it with all diligence steady constant no delay and see the opposite is the way i feel about my christian walk a lot of times is inconsistent right you've got a uh, you've got these heights up here and i'm not saying like feel good i say where i'm i feel like i'm kind of doing what god wants me to do and then i got these times where i'm down here where every other thing takes a priority and then i start to work on it and get it back that's not diligent amen that's that's inconsistent and and i know we can't be perfectly consistent but I'm telling you, one of the things he's saying is make sure you're giving all diligence. And then he'll start to uh, read some of these things. And I already said it, but 2 Peter 3.18, he's going to say that we need to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and a more consistent growth. But I was listening to a preacher this morning. He was preaching out of John. And he said this. He said, uh, the more we grow in Christ the more sensitive we are to our own sin, the more we realize it. And the more we realize our own sin, the more we realize that we are lower and he's higher. And I, I was really thinking about that throughout today. That just kept sticking with me. And I thought, you know what? The more I grow in Jesus Christ, the more you grow in Jesus Christ, the less likely we're ever going to think that we're going to achieve perfection. I just heard a guy, I think it was yesterday, I was watching something, and he said, uh, uh, he said, you know what, I, I got saved, it was like 14, 15 years ago, uh, and I haven't lied since, I haven't looked lustfully at a woman since, I, and he's just going down the list. And he's saying, well, I'm not saying it to brag. He said, I just love Jesus 24-7. And he'd achieve this level of not sinning anymore. And I mean, number one, it's ridiculous. 1 John 1 uh, says, if you say that you have no sin, you deceive yourselves and the truth is not in you. Uh, And then if you say that you have no sin, though... you make him a liar and his word is not in you. So, I mean, either way, uh, you got problems uh, uh, thinking that. But uh, what he said really got me. He said, you know what? Uh, we are uh, we are not going to live a perfect life. Now, that doesn't mean we throw it away and give up and say, I, you know, I'll just let uh, I'll just sin and let it be a license. God forbid. But I'm glad that we have that balance there that we can realize that, hey, uh, not only am I realizing my sin more as I grow closer to him, but also the other side of that coin is I'm more excited about his grace and mercy and forgiveness of sins the more I realize how much I'm sinning now and have sinned in the past thank God that he loves us that much we should still lead to continued striving and diligence to live a holy and righteous life so let's go through what five six and seven these different words uh giving all diligence add to your faith virtue that virtue is bravery valor and you think about living righteously uh, needing bravery for that and i'm telling you what this world more than ever in our society now we need valor we need bravery we need courage when it comes to living righteously see the world they've stolen this and they said what do they say when someone comes out in a, a sinful 
whole lifestyle. What do they say? They say that's brave, right? They did something that's brave by doing that. They're, they're living their true self. They're being consistent with their self. All these different phrases that they use today, but they all say, wow, what a courageous thing that they've done. That's not bravery or courageous. It's not when you are uh, going with the flow. It's not bravery. You're just, everyone's accepting you and excited about it. That's not bravery. That's just, you know, just going along, conform to this world. But I'm telling you what, when you go against the flow of the world, that's the valor. Yeah. That's the virtue right there. And that's what's needing more and more uh, resisting the compromise, resisting uh, uh, the one of this world living as unbiblically as they can. We need to have Christians add virtue to their faith. Yeah. Especially in these last days. Not only virtue, but he says the next one is to virtue knowledge. And here's the thing. I have seen people with a faith that's a strong faith and a virtuous faith, a courageous faith, but it wasn't a true faith. Amen? They, they are adamant about something. They're uncompromising about something, but it's not true when it comes to the Bible. And he's saying, you've got to add the next thing, which is this knowledge. And it's not worldly knowledge. It's Bible truth. Amen. Because we can bravely go in the wrong direction. I believe we, uh, we've done that from time to time. If we are honest with ourselves and we've run into people that are doing that today, they are bravely going in a direction that's against God. We've got to add knowledge. Because here's the thing I've had to remind myself over and over again. Whether I like it or not, whether I'm trying or not, Every day, our minds are being filled with the knowledge of this world. It just happens. We get it every which way, no matter what we're doing. As uh, you know, even you can't even live a segregated life or or one of these lifestyles where you're just a monk or what. You will still get things from the world coming in. It's just the way technology is and everything else. You cannot escape it. But I'm glad that we've got more than enough of God's word. That can counteract all of that. Then adding to knowledge is temperance. That's self-control. Moderation. Restraint. And again this world goes in the opposite. Right? This world wants everything without restraint. You know, uh, unrestrained pursuing lust, unrestrained doing whatever they want. Uh, but a Christian is to show restraint. And here's why. One of the reasons is there are things that we can do that are not sinful until they're unrestrained, right? We can, we can do something in our life that's not really a sin, but when we let it be completely taken over and unrestrained, it then becomes a problem. Temperance. And then adding to temperance is patience. This one's hard. Not only waiting, but not quitting while we're waiting. Enduring while we're waiting. That's the hard part. You know, some of us, we know that things are going to take a long time, but then we walk away while things are taking a long time. And that's not it. I, I think many have quit too soon on where God has placed them or what God wants them to do because they weren't seeing the right things that they thought they would see at certain milestones or time frames or anything else. But here's the thing. Uh, uh, we have got to endure. 
We've got to endure. We've got to have patience and waiting. And then, of course, godliness or holiness and righteousness. And then adding to patience, godliness, adding to godliness, brotherly kindness. That's love for one another, especially as Christians caring for one another. Uh, you know, that's why we intercede for one another. We pray for one another. We check up on one another. It's that brotherly kindness. And then the last one's charity. I believe then it's the love for all people, not just the church, uh, but love for the lost, love for the world uh, because we could stand up here and say you know what we've got the right knowledge we've got the right faith uh, we've got all these right things we're doing a lot of stuff but if we don't have a love which includes a burden for this lost world yeah. then we're in trouble so it sounds, I mean, the list, okay, we got the list, and some of the things are a little harder, some things we're doing good at, uh, you know, some areas we know we can work on. Then we get to verse 8, for if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you should neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So Peter just asked about, or he just said, talked about giving all diligence to our faith, with virtue, knowledge, temperance, patience, goodness, brotherly kindness, and charity. And now he's giving an if, if these things be in you. You know what that tells me? There are Christians that don't have them. Some are missing one or two. Some might be missing all of them from virtue down to charity. Missing the whole batch right there. If these things be in you. And I thought about that. Why would a Christian be missing them why would a christian miss any of these is it because the lord's divine power isn't enough no remember verse three he'll give us all things that pertain to life and godliness so his divine power is enough is the bible not enough no he already said i'm going to give you exceeding great and precious promises right from his word what's the last part what what would cause a christian to miss those things and it's giving all diligence that's the part, giving all diligence. And here's the thing. So maybe we went through the list and you think about giving all diligence and, and having these things in you abounding and you're like, I'm glad that in all of them, at least I've got something in there. We got to go back to verse eight. For if these things be in you and abound. Faith, virtue, knowledge, temperance, patience, goodness, brotherly kindness, and charity. They shouldn't just exist in our life. They shouldn't just be there, but they need to be abundant. They need to be overflowing. And that's when it gets to, man, now I'm looking at his list and I'm thinking, oh my goodness, are you sure about that, Peter? Are you sure all these things need to not just, I mean, patience abounding, uh, temperance abounding, you know, virtue abounding, all these things abounding. And the Bible is saying, yes. And look what he says. He gives us another one of these precious promises in verse 8. But it's conditional. If these things be in you and abound, they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And here it almost sounds like a prosperity preacher, right? It almost sounds like that, right? You'll be fruitful, you'll be blessed. But the prosperity preacher, the front side of the if, they would say the condition is giving money, right, to their ministry. Then you'll be blessed. That's not what the Bible's saying. You want to be blessed and spiritually fruitful in your life and rich in things of God. It's giving diligence to these traits in your Christian life. And he's saying that will make you successful in the eyes of God. That will make fruit come from your life. 
And I was thinking about something that Jesus said in John 10, 10, the thief cometh not, but for to steal and to kill and to destroy, I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. And you think about that, that we have got everything in our life to live godly. We've got everything to live holy. We've got everything to walk by faith. We've got exceeding precious promises. We've got divine power. And not only that, uh, no matter what, uh, uh, whether you're uh, really successful in those things or whether you're not so successful, successful either way every single one of us as christians can say hey the life we had before does not compare at all to the life that we have today right we oh yes we have trials uh, but the he told us jesus said that the devil will never make anyone's life better he never did he's there uh, uh, deceiving uh, stealing killing uh, lying uh, and he is set out to destroy this world he is telling them uh, he is uh, putting those carrots on a stick out in front of them, luring them in certain directions, saying everything will be fine and never telling what the true consequences will be to destroy men's life. And aren't you glad on the flip side that Jesus said uh, uh, there's that life and then there's the abundant life. And I think about my life in Jesus Christ and I said, you know what? He has given me more in every area than I could ever imagine. Uh, is the bank account always full? No. Uh, usually it goes up at payday and then comes right back down really quickly. Uh, but I'll tell you what, uh, we have a blessed life. We are not wanting for anything. We're not starving. We're not worried about things because God has taken care of us. He loves us. And here's the thing. One of the things we can do in return is we can in that abundant life we can put all diligence to doing what he's called us to do he died for us right the devil would not do that he lies and he wants to kill and jesus said i'll die for you to give you a better life an abundant life so there's that if the promise i want to be fruitful i don't want to be barren spiritually and then you look at verse 9. Here's the flip side of the condition. If you don't do what verse 8 tells you to do, here's the flip side. Verse 9. But he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sin. And remember, you have to remind yourself when you read a verse like this, Peter's not talking about the lost. He's not. Remember at the beginning. We can go back to the beginning. Uh, that uh, They that uh, obtained a like precious faith, remember, through Jesus Christ. And he says that there are some that lack faith with virtue, knowledge, temperance, patience, godliness, brotherly kindness, and charity. And for those that are, and he even says, they've forgotten that they were purged from their old sins. They're saved. They're Christians. But they're blind spiritually. They're blind. Because they're content not growing in grace and they're content being conformed to this world. Listen, every one of us were spiritually blind when we were in this world. Yeah. When we were lost, we all were. But once we were saved, our eyes were opened. And can you imagine going back to being spiritually blind again? And the Bible's saying that's exactly what can happen. And you think, how could that happen with people? But we've got, you know, you go back to Lot in the Old Testament. He's a perfect example. The further he got away from Abraham, the longer time passed since he was with Abraham, the, the more that he was blinded and the more he became conformed to this world. 
right? He was living in the midst of that wicked city of Sodom, and he was not ashamed until the angels came to visit. You were, I, I thought about that today. I thought, you know what? He was okay living in the city. He was okay being a leader in the city because he was at the gate when they came. That's where the leadership would be at of a city in those days. And he was okay with all of that, but it wasn't until those angels visited and then the men did. I guarantee that wasn't the first time the men did something like that, right? I don't think it was the first time. Genesis 19:14 and Lot went out and spake unto or I'm sorry uh, so that they that they visited uh, you know then he wanted to hide the angels and say you know you get in here you hide don't see it don't stay out in the streets they're wicked they're, or they're, you don't want to see what they're doing and everything else he was ashamed of it but then Sodom was Sodom the day before and I think what happened is Lot was forced to do something he hadn't had to do in quite a while and that was look at the sin that he was around in contrast with something holy. Those angels were holy. They were righteous. And he had to look at it right against each other. And he hadn't seen that the day before because he was spiritually blinded. He didn't see that. Why? Because he didn't give all diligence to his faith. And then Genesis 19, 14, and Lot went out and spake unto his sons-in-law, which married his daughters and said, up, get ye out of this place for the Lord will destroy the city. But he seemed as one that mocked unto his sons-in-law. They didn't want to end up. They didn't want to follow Lot. They didn't believe Lot. They just, it was no big deal. Why? Because they didn't see anything in Lot before that day. And that's blindness and that's where it goes. I don't want to end up like him. And to end up like him, you start heading in his direction. And to start heading in the direction, you stop giving diligence to what God's called us to do. I want to do the opposite. Give all diligence to my faith, virtue, knowledge, temperance, patience, godliness, brotherly kindness, and charity. Verse 8. Let's go back to it. For if these, these things be in you and abound... They make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. We have divine power based on divine truth. The divine word that we have says without hesitation, we can live an abundant life. We can have lots of spiritual fruit, but God gives one condition to the Christians. Will you give all diligence, steadfast, continuing? How do you know you're growing in Jesus Christ? You notice your shortcomings more and more, but you also notice that grace more and more. And I'm thankful for his mercy and realize that the, where sin did abound, grace did much more abound. And we can thank God for that. Aren't you glad? I'm glad. I'm glad that he knows we're supposed to be consistent, you know, like a rocket ship going. That's Our Christian growth should be like that, straight. I mean, just straight as, as you can be. But then when I look at my life, it's more like something like this. But I'm glad he loves us, aren't you? Amen. And I'm glad in his word, when I've taken one of those detours, I can look in his word and find others that have done the same thing and find a God that did not abandon them, but helped them to get back where they needed to be. And that's what he's done for us as well. And I say, thank God for that. Before I open up the altar tonight, I need to pray about anything. What a God.